have Kaylee started. Uh, she will not do that. Hey guys, <laughs> Ryan and Tom from the Save Continue podcast. Uh, we're actually doing an extra video this week. Uh, last night we recorded a, an episode talking about our favorite open world games. And, That's true. Uh, but we had a few time constraints, so we didn't really get to talk about everything that we wanted to talk about uh, in reference to these games that we We had one time constraint. Shanae. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> but, I mean, look, call a spade a spade, you know? So... Yeah. Uh, also fair point so uh anyway so we kind of wanted to elaborate on the games that we brought up uh last night well i guess this week and uh talk more about what we appreciate about them and uh why they stood out to us um so i guess we'll just jump jump right into it because this isn't really a regular episode um tom did you did you have a, a game immediately on your mind uh, not really. I just feel like all of them, I kind of rushed because I could tell Sinead needed to go, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I guess, um, I'd like to circle back around to, uh, what you were saying about Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, because I feel like that game is especially important to you. It is. It's, it's up there, right? Like... I think about my favorite game ever, and it always switches back and forth between this and Odin Sphere. Yeah. Uh, but, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's just so fascinating to me. It does things that, like, it continues. It's it's weird. It continues to do things that games today still can't seem to grasp. Right. Uh, at least a combination of things, right? Like, all of his games are extremely minimalist, but still tell, like, such a good, complete story. Yeah. And I think there's definitely something to be said for that, you know? There are no side quests in Shadow of the Colossus, and there doesn't need to be, you know? Yeah. You and I have talked a lot about painting the fence green in Fallout 4 when you should be looking for your son. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or collecting a hundred guns to open something in Borderlands the pre-sequel, yeah. you know? Uh, not that I don't like side quests. One of my favorite games ever has side quests, but there's no need for them in this story, so why have them there, right. you know? I just, I, I, I can't, I mean, I'm, again, I'm not, uh, like I said before, I don't, I'm not really sure, like, what the real plot of Shadow of the Colossus is. I don't know what Wander's actual objective is. Yeah. Um, but I feel like there is a lot of context uh, there. And I think that, like, him going off to do, like, different side quests just would just seem weird. Yeah, for sure. So his objective there, he's in this place called the Forbidden Lands, and he brings the body of Mono uh, in hopes of resurrecting her. Who is Mono? We don't really know, and it doesn't really matter, yeah. right? Some people think it might be his sister. Some people think it might be his lover. We don't know. Story never says, but it doesn't really matter. All we need to know is it's somebody that he cares about. Right. And other than, like, art books and back of the boxes and things like that, we wouldn't even know these characters' names. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter, you yeah. know? Uh, 
I like that a lot. Like, I like that minimalist style to it. And we've seen that come up since then with games like Journey or whatever else, right? Sure. Like, it, it exists now. Uh, but back then, it was really kind of a new thing, at least to me. Yeah. But I also like that, like, the game is, like, and all of his games really are built in this weird shared universe that has, like, crazy mystery to it. Uh, the individual games themselves just have, like, weird secrets that there was this whole society that I don't believe exists anymore, but existed for years, uh, called the Secret Seekers, that were there as a collective to find out the secrets of this game. Yeah. Um, and that's so neat. You know, you don't see that for many other games. And, that, and like, you could print out that thread and bind it, and you'd have a fucking phone book, you know? Yeah. Uh, so like, like getting to the top of the tower, right? Like that's something we've known you could do for a long time now, but like there was no evidence of that until like six years after the game's initial release. Yeah. You know, that doesn't happen now, right? With YouTube and the internet and all that, that doesn't happen now. And then even with the re-release, the, well, the blue point remake, I should say, like, they somehow have found a way to continue that where there are secrets in that game that people still don't like still have not found, right. you know, and the fact that they create something like that, uh, that even in 2020 people don't know every single thing there is to know about the, the, this game. Yeah. 15 fantastic years later, me. you know? Yeah. Uh, and I remember with, uh, with that game, I, I think that the first time I the first time I saw it was back when it was when the working title was Wanda and the Colossus, which yeah. by the way I feel is a better name. But uh, <laughs> the first time I saw it, like I was like I they when I saw it, I was like I have no idea what this is. I have no idea like what what like you're gonna be doing in this game. I just know that initially, like I was like this game like and keep in mind this is in the early 2000s when I saw this, and. Right. I was like, wow, this game looks beautiful. Like, I don't know what it is, but I want to play it. And I knew that it was coming from Team Eco. That's all I knew. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then, like, to actually play it, like, I, even as I, uh, even as I played it, uh, and again, the only version that I played was the original PS2 release. But yeah. even as I played it, I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm hunting these colossi. Uh, I don't know, like, what the purpose of, of these actions are. But there was always something about it that I found very, I found it very moving, uh, specifically in terms of like galloping across these like empty and silent plains, and like uh, yeah. it's just that you don't realize how um, I don't know it, like the quietness of the game is just like it just adds something, right? Because there's like, there's these long periods of quiet as you are making your way to the next Colossus. And then there's just, and then you find the Colossus and just like loud music and thundering yeah. stomps. And then you kill the, you kill the Colossus and very like, and, and this is something that I think is very, like, I think that some games where when you beat a really hard boss and they have like a drawn out kind of like a slow death animation I think yeah. in some games it's meant to kind of highlight, like, hey, you you did it. But I feel like in this game it's more like, 
like it's like you did it but like in like a different kind of way like like maybe you shouldn't have done that and right and that's what i mean that's basically the moral of that game right but like it's interesting because like on the last episode i said that it turns out that you are the bad guy and like while that is true and that is what most people see that game as you know the big reveal of that game yeah which isn't really even a reveal because it happens very gradually you notice it gradually as the game goes on and on uh like it's it's weird right because like it's like joel and the last of us yeah. right yeah you did the bad thing but like for for good reason yeah are you really the bad guy it's you yeah. know it's it's a gray area you yeah know? yeah uh, and uh, and you, I know you played Eco. Uh, this does serve as somewhat of a prequel to Eco. Um, so you know, there's that too. Yeah, um, you know, I don't know. I feel like I have I have absorbed so much of that game uh, yeah. through osmosis, uh, just because of like you know watching you play it and uh, listening to yeah. you talk about it. And I, I feel like I've absorbed a lot of it. And I don't feel like. I don't, I'm not, we have a Let's Play where you watched me play most of it. Yeah. You know, you were with me playing most of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It seems like, it seems just like a, uh, it seems like the kind of storytelling that I could definitely appreciate. Like, as a, like as, as someone who was, like, a Soulsborne fan, right? And, yeah. like, you know, I, like, I enjoy, like, the stories where, like, you have to... Like that, and that involved like a fair amount of speculation and, uh, and yeah. kind of putting the pieces together, and you know stories where like you know you can I mean maybe you you got something out of it and someone else gets something else out of it and I think right. I think that kind of thing is interesting because I think I also like like it's based in like some very weird religious shit yeah and I really like when fiction takes from especially Christianity and Catholicism. Yeah. Uh, even though I am not religious at all. I don't know. I, know? I think there's something to it. Cause I like a lot of like, um, like um, one of the reasons I like, this is an open world game, but as an aside, like I really like blasphemous and yeah. like, especially like tonally speaking, cause it's like, it's got like a lot of weird, like creepy, like, christian stuff in it that's like yeah like that's like depressingly violent and i i don't know i think that stuff's cool um dude the dev diaries for that game like those wherever they're from uh they're from somewhere in europe you know yeah but whatever town they're from they got like weird sculptures and carvings of that type of shit like all over their town really that's where they took that shit from yeah yeah it's pretty cool yeah um yeah, but uh, oh, so one of the one of the games that I wanted to talk about last night was uh, was Far Cry Five, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, one of the one of the things about uh, one of the things that I really appreciate about that game is how well there are a couple of things, right? So on one hand, I know that Ubisoft was kind of like touting it as they they made it seem like it was going to be more serious and political than it really was. Um, I think that's only after there was support of it being that way from yeah, fans. But you then, know what I mean? But then, it's kind of like the same thing that happened with Wolfenstein. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like to actually play the game, like the I mean the only subtext is whatever you take from uh, the Eden's Gate stuff. 
right? Yeah. Uh, whatever subtext you want to draw to uh, toward Heaven's Gate, then you can. I mean, that's 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 about the extent of it. Yeah, um, I've heard it's pretty strong though. I haven't played it. Yeah. But... Well, like, I guess like anecdotally, I can't remember what the reception of that game was. Um, yeah. But to the fun thing about that game is, I think that. Of all the of all the Far Cries that I consider to be like, I guess the quote unquote modern Far Cries, right from three to now, yeah. um, I think this is the one that is like most unapologetic about like being over the top. I think that I think three and four definitely took themselves very seriously, and it really yeah. shows. Um, and that's and that works kind of to their detriment. Um, but this game is just like it's all like. I can really, I can very, very much tell that wh- whomever was leading this game, I think is, I think Dan Hay might have been leading the campaign, but I'm not sure. But whoever was leading this game watched a shitload of '80s action movies as sure. they were doing it, because the whole game is like it has so much of that stuff in it. It's like it's so like there's like wailing guitar solos with like explosions and like. And like, uh... see, and I'm glad to hear you say that because, like, of the Far Cry games that I have played, and even of the ones I haven't played, like, I like Blood Dragon the best. Yeah. Uh, and I'm more likely to play Primal than, uh, you know, three or four. Yeah. Yeah. So for you to say that it that it is a little more, uh, I don't know, immature. Yeah. Is uh, is refreshing for that series. First Far Cry I played was Far Cry Two. Yeah, and dealing with the malaria and all yeah. that BS, you know, and fixing the fucking cars and all that, and like yeah, and so like there isn't like so there is there is an annoying mechanic in the game, right? So uh, one of the th- one of the ways that the cult keeps people under control is this drug called Bliss. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah, like you end up getting like knocked out several times, right? Yeah, it's like it's used as it's used like as kind of a plot device because every time it happens, then you're in a different place, like a different yeah. cutscene. But it's just like so like it's it's intrusive in a way that like isn't fun because you right. could because one of the things about you know Far Cry is that you know there's a lot of like well I modern Far Cry anyway. There's like a lot of shit on the map, and you want to check it off, and then like you might be on your way to do something, and then some Eden's Gate dude show up and shoot you with some bliss <laughs> and knock you out. But um, but like, oh dude, there's this hilarious video I gotta send you where like this, it's a let's play of Ben Moore playing this game, and like he's sitting there talking to an NPC, and from off camera you see a Wolverine just like latch itself. <laughs> It's, it's funny because I think that, like, the game is broken in some funny ways, right? Like, yeah. like, the, like specifically where the AI is concerned, because they don't set boundaries for, like, <laughs> where certain things are. And there will be times where you'll be, like, you'll be talking to somebody, and then, like, something will happen, like, a few hundred meters away, yeah. and they'll be, like... Oh shit! Here they come! They'll just run off and they're shooting, and then like, and then like you'll hear them shooting for a little while, and then they'll like casually saunter back over. Like, okay, so what were we talking about? And it's, That's it, awesome, though. It's know? funny, and like you could tell that it's not really like that shit's not really supposed to happen, right. but it's still very right. entertaining when it does happen. 
that's so funny. Man. But like they, like so much of the like so many of like the like the vehicles and like the different weapons. Like some of the weapons are like improvised and like really silly and fun. But like the game doesn't like it doesn't it doesn't force you to engage with anything other than the fact that you're blowing stuff up most of the time. Yeah, and you know there's like there's something for that, right? And I and at the same time though. I do think that the I do think that the the main antagonist Joseph Seed I actually find him to be kind of fascinating, um, and like just the way kind of like the like because a lot of the uh, every, so basically you have him and then you have his uh, he's got like two brothers and some and then there's this lady that is like one of like they're all leaders in the cult and so like you fight each of them uh, uh, individually. And then every time you every time you kill one of them, then there's like uh, like Joseph will do some kind of like monologue at the camera, like addressing you directly as a player, like what you're doing. Yeah. And, um, and you could tell like with each one, he becomes like more and more unhinged, and it's sure. just, it's like it's really it's really cool to watch. Um, and the game just ends like on such an exclamation point, and it's just and like. It's just so fucking cool. Um, yeah, because they, like, nuke it, right? Yeah, so, like, at the end of the game, like, you take down Joseph, right? And, like, well, basically, your whole objective, because you're, like, a sheriff's deputy or something, and, like, through all this shit, you're still going to be like, all right, I'm going to take this guy in. I'm going to arrest him, right? <laughs> so you and the other, you and, like, the, you and the sheriff, uh, they you finally apprehend him, right? And you have him in the car, and then, like... I forget how it happens, but like uh, nukes start happening, and so like um, anyway, he scurries away. So what happens is that like you're driving in a car, right? And yeah. like you guys are trying to get to like some bunker, and uh, you get to the like right as you get to the right before you get to the bunker, like the car flips over and crashes, and uh, and he gets out, and then like. No, he drag. I think he drags you into the bunker with him, and like so, basically, like you and him are just there forever after that. So you guys populated after for a new dawn. Yeah, so you the two of you populated. Yeah, you and Joseph uh, populate <laughs> repopulate the world. Uh, I was expecting you to say like it's like an ep- you know how like in lots of episodes of like nineties cops. They'd have like the perp in the back of the car, back of the squad car. Yeah, and they'd like end up either kicking the window out or like just somehow escaping. Yeah, away. <laughs> yeah, it's like a really like really amped up version of that. Um, yeah. but it is. It serves like it's a good. I don't know. I I don't know if they did that specifically so they could make a post apocalyptic game with New Dawn. I don't know. Um, which is you know. I would assume so. I bet. I bet they were working on New Dawn before the release of Five. Yeah. Um. And, uh, I don't know, and I, I think that, like, I really honestly think that Far Cry 5 is my favorite in the in the series, just because of, like, how over-the-top and ridiculous it is. Yeah. Um, what, what's up, Tom? Oh, you know, as much as much soon as I talk about, like, Far Cry and Assassin's Creed and games like that, I've been playing a lot of Phantom Pain, and, like, what is Phantom Pain? right you have a situation usually some sort of enemy camp yeah and you approach it the way you want to approach it and i'm like that's what far cry has been for quite some time now yeah so as i'm playing through this again now it's got me thinking about going back to some far cry games 
Yeah, um, I definitely think that I like I I honestly think that five is probably your best bet. Yeah. Um, just because I think that I I do think that Far Cry has largely like marketed itself as like approaching the situation that you want any situation the way that you want to, and but I think that three and four are definitely like they definitely favor stealth. Sure. Uh, and I think that like. While Far Cry Five definitely, you definitely can be stealthy about it. It very much encourages you to be like to go in like fast and loud and like yeah. like run into a base and like throw grenades everywhere because uh, that's I think that's the kind of game that I think that's the kind of game it is. Um, yeah, I I really enjoy that game a lot. Um, but uh, like yeah, like um, uh, Phantom Pain though, like I never finished it. Um, now you have I. I came very close uh, last time my computer was actually working. Sure. Uh, and have since re-downloaded it on PS5 and have been going back through it. And I will finish it this time. I was, like I said, man, I, I was probably close to 100 hours in my first time around. Yeah. And, like, while I haven't finished the game, I know how it ends. And that seems to be, like, between... Between Ground Zeroes being released as its own thing, the lack of cutscenes, the omission of David Hayter, and the way the game ends, there's been a lot of hate for the game, you know? Yeah. And I understand some of those arguments, uh, but, like, fuck, man, I think this might be... This might be my favorite Metal Gear game. Yeah. And it might be up there in, like, my top games, you know? Yeah. I I, I, don't, um, I I don't know. I think that the game like it does so many things right, and I think that what's cool about it is that I feel like it it allows you to kind of like establish what you want the loop to be. Yeah, uh, I think that like it like you get to decide like what kind of objectives are interesting to you, like like with all the different side missions that you can do and. Um, and like building up mother base and like recruiting your army and I don't know it's yeah. just it's just and it's fun because like the, and those missions come down to like three basic missions yeah. you know they're pretty much the same three missions over and over again you know steal this thing save this yeah. person or whatever right kill this person right yeah. but like the way that you can approach it is really fun but I just think like thematically and from a story standpoint. Like, I don't think it can be touched as far as the Metal Gear games go. Um, you know, it's like we said last episode, it should be seen as its own trilogy with Peace Walker included, right? Yeah. Tactical uh, espionage operations versus yeah. action, right? Yeah. And I think that those titles were named that way specifically for a reason. Yeah. It's, it is operations. And all three of those games, uh, Peace Walker, Ground Zeroes, and Phantom Bane, you're basically picking missions to do off of a list, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. There's just something about it, man. There's something about it. And like, you know, do you know how the game ends? I don't. Okay. Well, you spoilers, you do know that you're not snake, right? You're not yeah. big boss. Yeah. You're right? uh, like, I think like midway through, like you yeah. meet big boss and he's like, you got to keep being me. Right. I'm going to go be me somewhere else. So wouldn't it make sense for you to not be voiced by Kiefer Sutherland? 
or David Or Hader. not be voiced by David Hayter, rather. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, you, you know, people can say, well, then why wasn't he the voice in Ground Zeroes? And sure, I'll give that to you. Sure. But, you know, yeah, the comparisons to Moby Dick, like, it's just really neat, man. And, like, the guy thinks about this shit, man. He, like, I, I really would like us to do an episode on, like, video game auteurs, you know? Sure. Uh, Kojima included, Ueda included, right? Like, yeah. because it's different. It's different than Dan Hauser directing a game, you yeah. know? Nothing against Dan Hauser. He's made great games, but, like, it's a different thing, those sure. games. You yeah. know what I mean? And I just think there, there's really something to that. Well, I just think that, uh, like, with, like, when you talk about, like, when you talk about people like Dan Hauser, like, you know more or less what you're going to get. You're going to get, right. you're going to get like an American crime story. Right. right. Uh, or Ken Levine or yeah. David Jaffe or whoever. That's very, very different yeah. than a Ueda game or a Kojima game or a Yoko Taro game. Yeah. You know? Cause you're it's like, a, it's a I, different thing. Cause you're going to see the game and you're like, I don't know what this is, but, right. um, but I, I think it stands toe to toe with like some of those really great game directors. Um, and, you know, people have been praising Kojima forever. That's nothing new. But uh, this game specifically, you know, like, Peace Walker, while it was a great game, there wasn't, like, the story there wasn't fantastic, you know? Yeah. Like, okay, so there's a fucking double agent, and you fucking, well, what's he do? Like, throws her in the ocean or something like yeah. that. Like, okay, great, you know? Um and while this game starts off and you think, okay, this is just going to be Peace Walker again, it's very much as not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I wanted to, uh, I actually wanted to go back to um, uh, to talk about Red Dead Redemption for a little bit. Sure. Um, after, after I just got done trashing Dan Hauser. Yeah, sure. I'm just playing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> If, like, he was the one email we got in five years, like, listen here, you little punks. Uh, <laughs> no, I, like, I don't know. I, I kind of wanted to, because uh, this was, this was uh, a conversation that we had had after we stopped recording last night. And, uh, like, you know, far, like, removed from, like, um, like how funny you guys thought that I, I loved the relationship between Arthur and his horse. I think that, like... I think that kind of thing speaks to what you can accomplish when you have like this open world 60 hour game where yeah. you can build up like, cause like think about it. Like I'm traversing, I'm, I'm traversing this huge world and this is like, like this is the horse that I, that I did it, that did that with. Right. And, yeah. um, and in doing so, like uh, you think about like the things that like, you know, you guys are experiencing together, which is like, uh, like I had a bunch of different gunfights on the back of that horse, right? Like I, like I escaped a lot of different like close calls with that horse, you know. But then, like, also, like, not even thinking about that, but like thinking about like the distances between uh, two points in that game and how typically they're quite vast, but. And how that is all, how that is almost always used as a means of either 
I think t- letting you take a breath and like just take in the scenery around you or understanding the relationship between Arthur and another character a little bit better. Sure. Um, I think that, so there's a point, I forget at which point in the game, but there's a, uh, one of the members of the gang is this, uh, is this black guy named Lenny. And um, at one point you and Lenny are going to go do some kind of job. And as you guys are riding there, Arthur and Lenny start, like, they strike up a conversation, and um, Lenny has this talk with Arthur about racism in America in the late 1800s, and, like, and how Arthur didn't really, like, you know, Arthur being, you know, being a white guy didn't totally understand, like, the gravity of what Lenny is dealing with. And yeah. how uh, Arthur's like, hey, it's like it's 1899, like slavery is over, like things should be better now. He's like, yeah, well, yeah. like, you know, it's not really better. Like slavery is <laughs> over, but it's not better. And like, yeah. And I'm not gonna speak to how realistic it is or isn't that Arthur took that on its face and just like said, okay, I guess I get that. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about that. What I am going but like what I do like though is how the distance between the camp and wherever we were going wasn't just like it wasn't just me mashing X to like make the horse gallop to get there faster. It was me like listening to this conversation, like listening sure. to what like I consider to be a very important conversation between these two people. Um a conversation that took a few minutes and uh, and the game has so much of that, and I think that, like, aside from like gunfights and like stealing shit and like and blowing stuff up, I think that the game, on it, honestly, is more than anything. I think that game is about you know relation, like interpersonal relationships, and yeah, uh, testing like the limits of loyalty and stuff like that. Well, you know, going back to what you're saying about what you had said about the horse, like. I don't think that's funny. Like, it's funny because me and Sinead made jokes about it. Yeah. I don't think, like, that happening in the game is funny or yeah. you it, having that effect on you is funny, you know? Like, it reminds me very much of uh, Wander's relationship with Agro and Shadow of the Colossus right. or the boy's relationship with Trico in The Last Guardian. Like, it is very much a white fang story being told in video game form, you know? Yeah. And, like, I think, like, that can be very effective. Yeah. But especially, um, especially in a game that is as long and as large as Red Dead Redemption Two. You yeah. Know? Um, and it's just it's it's funny because like I think that if you're like we're coming back, we're like I think about the the lineage of Red Dead, going back to Red Dead Revolver, which, uh, while it had open spaces at times, like there's like a point you like in town that's kind of an open space it's not an open world game right. um and think but it was like it was also like a very like red dead revolver was a very it was a very video gamey video game i think um yeah. and i think that had a lot to do with the fact that it started off as a capcom video game right but um, i mean redemption was very video gamey too you know yeah and so and i think that and that's what i was that's what i was going to say is that like that kind like a lot of the like some of the design philosophies of Red Dead Revolver kind of like bled over into Redemption 
it was yeah. like it was a more uh i think it was a more serious story because i think that the revolver is like very cartoony in a lot of ways i think it's like very like cartoony like spaghetti western kind of thing yeah and i think that red dead redemption is like a little bit more serious but still like very video gaming in a lot of ways right and i think that i think that red dead redemption 2 is really more of like red dead red dead redemption is arcade and red dead redemption 2 is sim uh i think um Red Dead Redemption is Young Guns. Yeah. And Red Dead Redemption 2 is Lonesome Dove. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I, I think that I think that utilizing the world, like, well, not utilizing the world, but utilizing the distance to explore these themes is, I think, an, I think is effective. Because I, I, especially, like, when you think about, like, how often we want to use fast travel in open world games. And a lot of the time, I think it's just because, like, well, I'm either going to use fast travel or I'm going to go there manually. And odds are nothing interesting is going to happen as I'm doing that. Along your way, right. Uh, along my along the way, nothing nothing's really going to happen. So, like, why not just fast travel? Uh, but so, like, utilizing the distance as sort of, like, a narrative tool is mm-hmm. just, like, an interesting thing that, like, I don't... I don't see done very often. I think I think games are getting better at that. Though. Yeah. Like specifically open world games, you know. Like I think about fast travel in Spider Man, and I used it, but not often. Sure. Because it's just fun one, to get around. It's fun to travel, but yeah. two because like those Jameson podcasts are so funny. We're like, yeah, so well written and yeah. acted, and like fun fun to listen to. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like yeah. very Rush Limbaugh, you know. Like, yeah. It, it, very entertaining, you know? yeah. And I think more, and as time goes on and as video games mature, we'll start to see more of that. Yeah, um, but who knows? Yeah, um, well, specifically with Spider Man, I think like um, I was uh, when Shanae was talking about uh, Arkham City last night, and I was thinking about how uh, the Arkham games do a better job of making you feel like that superhero than most superhero games do. Um, And I think that Spider-Man does an even better job than uh, Arkham did uh, with that. Uh, Because I think that... I think that Spider-Man gives you... Like, I think it gives... I think that's, like, the best representation of what it might be like to be Spider-Man in video game form. Um, and what's funny is like we've had good representations of that, you know. Yeah. It's not like it's not like, you know, the Xbox 360 Iron Man video game or the Superman Returns video sure. game. We've had good Spider-Man games. Yeah. This is just better than those, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's just like the way, like, uh, one of the things I like about Peter Parker is how much of an everyman he is, and. Uh, this and that game made him such a believable guy. Like, there's a point in time because, like, when you start the game, him and Mary Jane are are broken up, and like he's like, you know, obviously he's like hoping that there's a chance between them. And there's a part that you remember where um, him and Mary Jane are texting back and forth, and some wires get crossed, and like uh, He's like he just finishes like a mi- you finish a mission and he texts Mary Jane that like he's like it's over in reference to the mission, and yeah. she's like oh she's like well maybe it should be over 
And he was like, <laughs> and then like, and then Spider Man's like, no, 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 no. And like, he, like, there's a point where he's like walking back and forth on a ledge, like frantically texting, like texting, yeah. and like, it's believable, right? Because I think that like everybody, everybody, like we've all been in a position where like. We said the wrong thing in text message, and then that we're like frantically said something to the wrong person, yeah. or whatever. And it's yeah. just like it was a very yeah. like it was a very human moment that like was really cool, and like also like the number of conversations he has while swinging from one location to the other, like his aunt will call him, or Miles will call him, or Mary Jane yeah. will call him, and like having those conversations as he's like swinging like from building to building is like it's just really cool. I don't know if you or Kaylee noticed this, but if you didn't, you, you should go back in. Uh, because all of those lines were recorded so many different ways uh, for the sole purpose of that when Spider-Man is swinging closer to traffic, it is louder. So he has to speak louder. Yeah. And when he's up high, he can speak softer. Yeah. Because of that, they had they recorded that stuff several times to account for where you are yeah. while you are playing, you know? Yeah. Uh... And that's, that's like, it's such a small detail. But that's so cool to me. Yeah, yeah like, because, like, and it's funny, it's, it's, again, it's one of those things where if they didn't do it, you wouldn't have noticed, right? Right. But they did it, and it's just, it makes the game so much better. Um, but, it's, I mean, it's like your texting thing, right? If it's louder, yeah, you'd be talking louder, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, and, like, and that's and that's another thing, too, is, like, where the, where the swing is concerned, like, letting yourself, like, dive off a building like and like get really fast and like and then immediately and then shooting your web your web shooter and like start swinging from the building and like and that kind of uh i don't know like a roller coaster feeling and it just yeah it's just like it's a con it's like it's always new it always feels it always feels new to me and you know i i think it was i think the way that they made it made just traversal so seamless right like if if as you're swinging, like he collides with a building, par- like in a parallel way, he'll like run along the side of the building, and then you can like mm-hmm. jump off and like swing over to the next building, and just stuff like that just made the world, you know, just a joy to to navigate through. Um, and I think that a lot of times where I will see, like if I'm playing an open world game, and I see that where I need to go is all the way on the other side of the map, I was like, well, fuck, I want I'm gonna, I'm just gonna fast travel because like why not. But as Spider-Man, it's just, it's fun. It's just, it's fun to, like, to see how fast you can make him go and, like, see how high you can make him go. And, uh... My, my, you know what that makes me think of is, like, and while I do think, like, several of these games are quite good, the Bethesda Softworks open-world RPGs, because, like, those maps, especially for the time, are freaking huge, you know? Yeah. And you can't fast travel somewhere unless you've already been there. Yeah. So, like, sometimes getting from point A to point B just took forever. Yeah. Forever, you know? Um, and that's, that's, it's so weird, too, right? Because I think that, I think that with a lot, with all of their games, I think that they have so much opportunity to uh, put, like, you know, no, like put cool, interesting things out in the world, and like, and I'm not going to say that they don't because they certainly do. There are secrets. Yeah. There are secrets to be found in every in every open world Bethesda Softworks game, right? But, I mean, when you compare that to, you know, how much like emptiness there is, and like how much like yeah, there's not there's nothing really dynamic about it, and it's just not. And your top movement speed isn't great, you know. Yeah, so. Yeah. That's another thing I did want to bring up, though, uh, in regards to Spider-Man, because we were talking about this with Infamous Second Son as well. 
uh, is that like one of the complaints, and it's a complaint that I kind of felt too, and I felt bad about uh, once I actually started thinking about it, was that the map size felt not very big. You know, it doesn't feel like a big map. Yeah. But you have to remember, like, the map is bigger than you think. You're just getting across it much faster than you would in a lot of these other games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fact that Spider-Man is, like, zipping across blocks at a time, uh, you know, I don't know how huge they would have to make that map for it to actually feel as big as it, as it should, you know? Yeah. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking about... Like, imagine walking across Spider-Man's map at the speed at which you walk in the Elder Scrolls. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would probably seem a lot bigger. Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. Well, that's that's what I'm talking about with, with Bethesda Software games, though, right? It's like, they don't give you... They don't really give you, like, interesting ways to get from one end of the map to the other. Uh, yeah. And all the Fallout games, your option is to walk... Or fast travel. If you don't have fast travel, then you're 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 just gonna you're gonna run as fast as those characters can run, yeah. uh, which is so it's weird to me because like, as someone who's been a Fallout fan since the first game, I know that they still have cars, and, right? And for like, and I remember one of them. They my, should make they should make the power armor zip around like D Walker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or like do something. I don't know. Like they have jetpacks on them, but they don't do much. But yeah. um. I don't know. I think that there there's so much opportunity for, uh, for like the fall game specifically to give you interesting ways to like to move to move around. Um, I think in Fallout Four, if you join the Brotherhood of Steel, they give you these. Uh, at you go off on missions for them, and uh, you're in these like, what are, they're called vertebrates, which are basically <clears throat> like helicopter kind of things. Uh, it's like, well, how cool would it be if I like just had my own one of those? Yeah, and I could just go anywhere I wanted, or yeah, like yeah. I had some kind of, I had some like kind of cool like Mad Max style car that I just drove around. Like you guys are, you guys took inspiration from Mad Max anyway. Give me like, give me a magnum opus to drive around in, you know? But yeah, um, and I just think that there, there's like so much opportunity there. But like the 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 funny thing is, I was thinking, of, I was talking to Kaylee the other day about Skyrim. And uh, they give you horses in that game, but they're not really much faster than, like, walking. Yeah. And it's just, like, and they take, like, when you first get a horse, uh, when you first get a mount, I think, in, a, in an open world game, I think it's supposed to feel like, like, okay, this is cool. This is where the game opens up for me. This is where right. this is where it gets really cool. Like, that's that's how it was in Breath of the Wild, I feel like. When I when I got my first horse, I was like, "Holy shit! Look how fast I'm going now that now that I have this horse. Like this, this feels so cool. <laughs> I feel like I can see so much more of the map like in such a short period of time." See, what's funny is I barely used the horse in yeah. Breath of the Wild. Barely used it, but like I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with terrain, honestly. You know, because if you think about Hyrule in Breath of the Wild, you can go a lot of places on a horse. Yeah, you know, whereas in like a game like Skyrim. So much of that game is like a mountain area that you have sure. to like jankily jump your way up, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but... And honestly, like, even if the even if that even if those games had a level of traversal, like where I could climb up mountains. Yeah, like, dude. If Skyrim had climbing, if Skyrim had climbing, like even if I That'd could, be like, cool. you know, and it's just 
it's just a weird like it's a weird oversight to me where in a world where games like that existed when Skyrim came out yeah we, we had I don't know we had like we had three like two we had two or three Assassin's Creed games by that point and yeah. you could climb everything in those games right and uh I think that and like look I don't I don't know shit about game design what I do know is that in a world where there's a lot of like vertical surfaces, it's fun to be able to climb up them. Yeah. You know, it's it's good that they're saving it for the Elder Scrolls Six though, because like that's something that Todd Howard could come out and be like, and you can fucking climb the mountain, you know, like oh whatever. my god. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, well, like I think about like. They're, okay, That's so, such an easy win for them. Like considering how many people were cheering for every Fallout seventy six announcement. Oh my like, god! Climb, climbing the mountain would be such a win for them. Well, uh, <laughs> I think that swish. <laughs> <laughs> like if he was on, the, if he said that to Rory yeah. applause, and then like you just see him on stage, like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like I think they're. There are a couple of different specializations in, like, the Elder Scrolls game, like, like Thief or Assassin, where being able to, like, climb up the side of a wall would be, like, really cool. Like, especially, like, if you're the kind of person who plays those games with a role-playing state of mind, like, being yeah. able to role-play as these characters would be, like, a huge deal. And, you know, but for right now, you know, I just don't see that happening. Um and that's and that said, that said, I know you've enjoyed several of those games. Yeah, and that's not to say that yeah. I don't like those games. Like, look, The Elder Scrolls Six comes out. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it. Like, I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I'm not gonna buy it. Fallout right. Five comes out. I'm gonna buy it. Like, you know. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not saying that I don't enjoy those games. I just think that for all the potential that those games has, like, it's just disappointing to see things like left out. Um, but especially considering like. The time, the budget, and the staff that goes into those games. Yeah. When games with a smaller budget, smaller time, and smaller staff have accomplished those things, you yeah. know. And yeah. it's 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 it seems like such a it seems like such a, a small thing, and it can seem like I'm it can certainly seem like I'm nitpicking, but like I just think that like when you want me to when you design a game in a way that is meant for me to move to get everywhere on foot then don't make it such a fucking chore to do that you know especially if the game is designed for you to be playing for 60 70 hours you know sure um but anyway i, I this is you know the, like that's besides the point i i think that like i think that one of the things that i've i talked about with open world games last night is you know, and again, that I touched on today is like how many different ways I can tell stories. And um, I brought up Yakuza uh, last night. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I think that uh, I talked and I, I talked to you guys about this last night. I think that what I like about Yakuza is how much, uh, I guess, the hijinks and tomfoolery that he gets up to how they contrast with his, like, serious disposition and what is really, his, like, a very serious objective that he's trying to accomplish. But he keeps getting... Like, we talk about side we talk about side quests and side missions and whether or not they make sense. And, 
I just feel like a lot of his don't make sense, but at the same time they do because they make sense. Because I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, they make having sense. not played much of it. Yeah, but having heard a lot about the game, so there's this guy I watched, and he's talking about he's talking about a quest where you go to this sushi bar and like you know the guy that runs the place. Yeah, but he needs like a specific kind of fish. And like he wants to be like the best sushi guy like ever ever you know and yeah. like and you're helping him out and that in turn helps you out and like that is a meaningful side quest to me especially in a game like that right with a story like that that kind of quest can be a meaningful quest painting a fence green before I go save my kid isn't a meaningful quest yeah you know? that's and like that's that, well that's <clears throat> excuse me. That's what I was. That's what I talked about last night with specifically with open world games where you can create your own character. I don't like the idea of like I I can choose what the character looks like, but you've decided the motivations of that character for me, right? Yeah, you, like you've created nothing. Right? Yeah, like I, the only thing I I change what the character looks like, but it's the same. Like it's the same guy regardless, yeah. right? So, um, but anyway, like. With Yakuza, though, um, like, all, like, so many of the side missions are, like, there are very few side missions that aren't just ridiculous situations that he found himself in. Uh, and, but, like, it's, it's, it may, they makes the, for some reason, like, I don't know, I guess, like, it's hard to, it's hard to articulate it, but, like, I feel like they make sense because of who he is. And I think also it makes sense because of the style and the vibe that that game yeah. is going for. Yeah. It's not going for the same vibe as a Fallout or a Skyrim, yeah. you know? Yeah, like, uh, and honestly, it's a very anime video game. Like, so yeah. much of that shit, so much of the shit that happens is ripped straight out of an anime. Right. Uh, but it's like, but it's, it's done so well, and like, the, the missions are like, like you, you go into these missions. And you're just like, I just want to see how this ends. I just want to see like where this is going because it, the, yeah. this, this, this is such a dumb premise for for a mission. <laughs> I gotta see where this is going. <laughs> uh, like there's um, but that's endearing, right? Yeah, like, that's part of it. You know, yeah, that's not part of of fucking Fallout. That is part of Yakuza. You know, yeah, um, and just like and the weird the the funny thing about the about that about the city of Kamurocho is that like it's just there's always like there's always people everywhere and there's always but there's but there's always this one person not one person but there's always someone on the side of the of the side of the road who is just handing out uh, tissues you don't ever do anything with them you just have them they can be in your inventory but they don't serve any purpose right or so okay. I thought. So I had all these tissues that I saved up, right? I don't know why I saved them. I don't know why I saved them. The game never told me to save them. The game never told me that they do anything. It's out of fear. You don't get rid of them just in case they have a purpose. Yeah. Well, I just, it just so happened that I go to a park and there's a guy in the bathroom and he's got no toilet paper and he's, <laughs> and he's, and he's got bubble guts real bad. And so he's like, so you give him all the tissues you have and he's like... He's like, oh no, I have a really bad one coming on, and then you have to run off and get him more tissues, and it's just such a ridiculous thing. But I did it, 
Yeah. You know, and... That's awesome. Yeah, and... But, like, and again, that's juxtaposed against, like, a really well-told hardcore revenge story. Right, right, you know? right. And, uh... You, you know what's always appealed to me about that game? And you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I've not played enough of it. But it's something that I that I didn't really, really realize I'd been longing for, is the real estate. Yeah. You know, because, like, that was my favorite thing in Fable, was real yeah. estate. You know? Yeah. And I know you, I'm pretty sure Yakuza has something similar to that. So, in, in Yakuza 0, <clears throat> I forget how this happens, but somehow, Kiryu, like, comes to own a real estate firm. Yeah. And so, like, you spend a lot, you spend time and money trying to make sure you're locking down these different real estate uh, areas. And, um, to make yourself more money though, right? To make yourself more money. But each of these areas is ruled by a different person. And so like at some point, like you get, you gain enough traction in that area through your real estate dealings that you got to fight that person so that you can sell more real estate in that area. Sure. Uh, And like, but the, I'm, but I mean that's the thing though, right? Like Yakuza are big, like real life Yakuza are big yeah. into like real estate and property yeah. and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. But the funny thing about it is, Kiryu is not even is is not even Yakuza anymore. He's just some right. guy, and he just gets even in zero. Even well, so in zero he starts off as Yakuza as Yakuza. Okay. And then like he decides like I'm gonna leave. I'm done with yeah. Yak- I'm done with being Yakuza. And yeah. then. Uh, but at, they keep pulling him back in. Yeah, by by the beginning of Yakuza One, he's a he's a Yakuza again. So, <laughs> go figure. But yeah. like, well, what makes what makes Yakuza Zero even more crazy is throughout that entire game, Kiryu's like nineteen, and yeah. so it's like this nineteen year old kid like doing all this crazy stuff and like. Uh, but it's supposed to take place in the eighties, right? Yeah, it's like the like the late eighties. Like eighties eighties Japan eighties Asia in general. Kids that age would probably be doing something similar, you know. Yeah. Not not saying like kids that age would all be fucking gangsters, but kids that age would be leading more adult lives than kids in this country at that age yeah. during that time, you know. Um, but like, there's a there's a point at which like, um, uh, you have to fight this guy to get control of this real estate district, and then like after you beat him. Like, uh, Kiryu, like, throws a bunch of money in the air. Like, yeah. just a bunch of, like, a bunch, just a bunch of Yinjimins. He throws them all up in the air. <laughs> and, then he, and then he, like, he catches them in his hand. And then he fans them out and starts fanning himself with them. And it's just, yeah. like, like, it's just such a cool, like, ridiculous thing. Um, and one of the guys, like, he's, like, this nerdy video game guy. And, like, he doesn't, he doesn't, fi- he doesn't fist fight you. He wants you to meet him at an arcade and beat him at OutRun. And yeah, just, yeah. I just, know they have a lot of Sega games. Like, yeah, but like the full games are there, though. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. like I think Yakuza Six has like a full ass Virtual Fighter in it. Yeah, and so, I know it's not the only series to do that. I know other series in the past have done that, but it's yeah. still fucking awesome. Yeah. You know? Um. And I don't know. It's just it's cool. To, it's a cool city to walk around in, and like as you're walking around, like random dudes will like pick a fight with Kiryu and like he'll just like so you have to fight somebody like just trying to walk down the street what I remember with my short period of time with that game as far as the environment goes is at least at the beginning of that game things are so dense and you're walking around like these small little alleys and shit and like 
as much as a game that strives for photorealism but cannot achieve it can, can bring to life it it feels real you yeah. know it's it's believable at the very least yeah. you know yeah yeah uh if you get deeper into that if you ever get deeper into that game the real estate mini game is really cool but the real game for me was the uh was the uh the hostess bar mini game oh yeah, yeah did yeah. you get to play it with that uh, did you get to play with majima like it's just like it's just it's fun like just like it's basically um diner dash but with okay like, it's like it's basically like that kind of thing i'm into that i'm into that sort of thing sometimes yeah, so it's, especially if it's not the whole game you yeah know? it's 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 uh, neat but yeah like i don't know knock on wood my computer will be up and running soon cool. oh and that's where i own that game so cool. maybe i'll go back to it um did you have did you have any more uh, I'd like to talk about Nier Automata real quick, yeah. because it's such a weird thing to think of as an open-world game. It's an open-world game. There are side quests, but it is very, very linear, you yeah. know? Yeah. You always know where to go, and if you're just going for the main story, you can finish the first playthrough in probably five hours, sure. you know? Uh, but, like, it's interesting because... It's an open world, but it's a relatively small open world. But you can, like, T-1000 run everywhere, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, because of that, much like Spider-Man, you, co you cover ground pretty quickly. There is fast travel, but, like, you cover ground fast. And for such a small map... To have so many distinct environments, I think, is really cool. You yeah. know? Um, I think that was the biggest thing I couldn't get over with Mad Max, was that a lot of it felt the same. Sure. Which makes sense, right? Yeah. Totally makes sense for that game and that story, but for it, it to look the same. But it doesn't, it doesn't but, make it more pleasant to, to make your way across right, it. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, and same, same thing with fucking Metal Gear. So much of Phantom Pain is desert, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah, whereas, like, Automata, it's like, you've got a forest, you've got a castle, you've got desert, you've got Disneyland, you've got, like, a bunch yeah. of random shit, you know? Uh, alien spaceship, like, a fucking shopping mall, you know? Like, yeah. random crap. Yeah. And, uh, I, I just really like that. You know? Uh, uh, everything else I have to say about the game, I've said a thousand times. Sure, this, sure. But, yeah. Um... Yeah, so one of I did want to bring up. Um, I want to talk more about Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, Ghost Dog. Yeah, you know I never I've never seen that movie all the way through. I've but never I, seen that movie, but I feel like I, I just know, remember the trailer. But I feel like I know how it ends. So the trailer was Forrest Whitaker on a rooftop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Forrest Whitaker, right? It was Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. The, the whole name of the movie is Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai. So, yeah. Um, but <laughs> I think that, like, when I listen to people talk about that game, um, I think two two terms that I've that I've heard the most are boiler boilerplate and straightforward. Yeah. Um. And I'll preface this by saying that, uh, again, I acknowledge that Sucker Punch's uh, approach to open world games has not changed much between 
second son and Ghost of Tsushima. It has not changed that much in the in the last six years. Well, and you saying that second son is a pretty straightforward game. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. But I think that also, I think that people what what people aren't really uh, appreciating though is just like that the world of that game uh, is just it's just it's it's gorgeous you know yeah um, like especially like going through those. F- going through the fields with, like, the really tall grass and, like, especially at the beginning of the game when you get that late title card and you're galloping across that field and then Ghost of Tsushima comes across the screen. Um, yeah. And, like, the wind, with the wind at your back, it's just, like, everything about that presentation is just... is 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 really great. Um, so it sounds to me like what you're saying, like, what does it for you is what the game evokes and, yeah. like, the themes and, and aesthetic of the game. Yeah, I think that, like, when I think about, when I, because I, uh, again, I think that is the most beautiful open world uh, game that I've ever played. But I don't just mean, like, visually speaking. I think that uh, all these different themes and all these different, like, the way that it, like, the way that it is very upfront about paying homage to these old samurai movies from the 50s and 60s and yeah um and what a good job of that it does and yeah um but even down to like the duels that you because you go through like a series of a like a like a i don't remember how many duels you do in the game but like every one of them feels significant somehow i mean is that what would be considered like a boss fight in the game yeah yeah i'd say so like a like a duel is usually just like because uh, a duel, like all the boss fights, like against like any of like the more important characters that you have to go up against, like it's in the form of a duel. Yeah, um, I know very little about it. Yeah, you know, but yeah. yeah, like it's it's very much like the way that game does boss fights. Yeah. Um, but like every, like just the way that that's all wrapped up is like the packaging around that stuff. It is really cool. Like you, like you always have that that like really great shot, like that really wide shot of the two of them like facing each other. Yeah. And then uh and then you have that you have that that you have that close up shot of Jin holding his uh his sheath and then like f- uh uh flicking the sword up with his thumb. Of course. It's just yeah. it just it looks cool. Like that shit yeah, looks for cool. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, That's the only reason I like talking in Soul Calibur, <laughs> you know. It's just and it's and like um like watching watching the characters, right? Watching them duel one another and like it's just like it's like they're. It's gonna like it's gonna sound like I'm way up my own ass when I say it, but like it's not, it looks like they're like doing like this like this dance, right? Yeah. And it just. Ryan, I sound like I'm up my own ass for like ninety percent of the shows we do. <laughs> it's fine. But like it, it just it's it's beautiful to look at, you know. It's, it's yeah. It's and like I've always like ever since I was a kid, I've always been like a sucker for like really impressive like sword fights and and movies yeah. and stuff, and um. And like doing, I, these, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Well, like doing these duels, and like especially when I think about like the meaning behind some of them, right? And like I don't like because I, I know that you plan on playing the game at some point, so I don't want to spoil it for you. But uh, right, you know, like the meaning behind some of these duels, and like how sometimes like they're like very emotionally charged, like fights that that he has to do, and like, but then watching him like 
like I don't think whenever I listen to people talk about the game, I don't think I ever hear people talk about like the transformation that Jin goes through from from samurai to this ninja ghost figure, right? Um, I think people don't talk about it because it's something that like I know nothing about the game, right? But I've known that for like a year since before the game came out. Sure. You know? Well, I mean, he's on I the, like the he's on right. the cover of the game, looking like yeah, that, right? Right. So I think that, that that's why it doesn't get much mentioned. But I do think, like, as divisive as the game has been, and I haven't even noticed it being that divisive, but I haven't really been looking for it either. You sure. know. I, I, same. Th- I think the same thing can be said for the Phantom Pain. I think like these games will age well, and I think that people will come to appreciate them more as time passes. You know. Yeah. Think about like. Metal Gear Solid 2, people fucking hated that game. Yeah. Wind Waker, people hated that game, you know. Uh, but, like, give these games time to, to age, and I think people, more people will find an appreciation of them, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I, I do think that I, and I I don't know if this is, this is like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if this is, um, I don't know, presumptuous of me to say it, but... I think that there are a lot of people who play video games, but there aren't a lot of people. There, there. I think that so a lot of those people might not have seen the movie that this game is drawing inspiration from. And, oh, for sure. And but in the way that those movies have aged, and a modern audience appreciates them, I do think that this game will be looked at that way uh, yeah. later on uh, because it has you know what's funny is I thought the same thing about L.A. Noir. yeah and history has not been kind to that one <laughs> <laughs> I heard like an interesting thing about the development of that game where um, I, they said uh, something about how like they they were looking for the um, the uh, the facial uh, expressions to like figure more into the interrogation aspect. I mean, they did, right? It, that was the whole gimmick. But, but like... like it, you know, what's funny is, like, the faces for the time looked good. Yeah. But, like, now looking back at it, they still look okay for the time, but, like, the faces in Siren look better to me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but, like, I, I remember hearing... I don't, I don't think I heard this. I think I read it. But, like, uh, someone who has, like... Uh, there were it was somebody who like played the game and they have they have autism and they're yeah. and they can't like read facial expressions in the same way yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. neurotypical people can they're so they're like this game is really hard <laughs> yeah. uh, and but and like this it's weird how like and the ways that we like look to push the push the games forward and how like those things like kind of affect people in different ways but uh, but that's something that uh, that I really liked in Ghost of Tsushima is that like um, with everything else in the game, I feel like the facial capture and the facial animation in that game is really good. And they, they, they cap like there are some moments where like they capture like just like these small, like little emotional twitches in people's faces, like as they're doing things like and like that kind of these things that kind of like make the scene for them. 
Yeah, um, dude, that's R- that's fucking RE engine all the way, man. Yeah, and all the facial capture in the Resident Evil uh, or the RE engine games in general. Yeah, Mwah. <laughs> uh, I I didn't even know Ghost of Tsushima was was u- using facial capture. So don't that's cool. so I don't want don't quote me on that. I don't know if it's just really people animating stuff really well or if there is actual facial capture. Okay, either way. Yeah, yeah, but I, either way, it's believable. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, I talked about and I talked about this last night. Where uh, and I don't I don't really feel like this is a spoiler to say it, but like the way that like as you because like so Jin has this thing where he was raised by his uncle mostly, and his uncle taught him to be a samurai and taught him how to you know fight with honor and taught him like you always look your you always look your enemy in the eye when you kill him and stuff like that, and so like almost immediately in the game, uh, one of the things that Jin has to do to like survive. And you have to stab a dude in the back to yeah. to make it out alive, and like the first thing he does after say, after doing that is like apologizing to his uncle, because yeah. like you know his uncle taught him the opposite of that, and um, and does it give that time to breathe? Because like like in the Tomb Raider reboot, you know, she's never killed anything, and like she kills the deer and she's crying about it. And then a minute later, she's mowing down dudes with machine guns, you know? Yeah. So, like, does it give that time to breathe, you know? So, there, so what it does is um, when you do this, like, here's an example. Like, at, later on, like, after that first stealth kill that you do, because Jen, like, even after that, he's still very much like, no, fuck that. I'm going to walk up to the front gates. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, like, to loudly challenge everybody who's yeah, there, yeah. and I'm going to fight all of yeah. them. But then, like, he, as he realizes it's necessary for him to, like, be more stealthy because, like, hey, I'm one guy and there are, like, 20 guys in there. Right. Uh, at one point, like, you do, like, you uh, you jump off of, like, I forget, like, if it's, like, a like a tent or, like, some box or something. Like, you jump off something and assassinate a guy from above and it goes, like, it, it'll go, like, it goes to this flashback, like, something that Jin remembers from, like, his uncle, like, teaching him stuff. So they keep, they keep going back and forth to that. And then, like, over time, you watch Jin become, like, more and more accepting of the fact, like, well, like, if we want to win this yeah, war, yeah. I have to do this. Yeah, see, and that's, and that's, uh, the, was probably the biggest concern for me from a story standpoint, the fact that they actually, you know, it's not a fucking light switch at the very least. Yeah. Uh is a good thing at least to me you know yeah i like the tomb raider reboot but like that always kind of bothered me you know well like because yeah like she kills the deer and then she's rambo yeah exactly you exactly. know so it's it's weird but uh just like but just this who you were the she whole time first blood yeah though <laughs> 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 no, i think that it would have been really awesome if at some point uh <laughs> Lara comes up behind a guy and she's like, I told you to stop chasing me. <laughs> <laughs> Man, dude, they should have... Crystal Dynamics should make a Rambo game. Yeah. Honestly, Tom, the Rambo game that we got is what we're getting, I think. So You think so? Uh, hey, we got a new Predator game. We got a new Terminator game. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we're getting a new Rambo game. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know, that, that whole... like in. And again, like the him being the ghost conflicts with everything that he was brought up to believe, everything that he was taught, like becoming a samurai. So, uh, you know, 
feeling for him and that conflict is like a, I think a really huge part of that story. But it's cool like to like run around in the world and like go do the different side activities and like look, if you're somebody who doesn't who 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 plays open world games and doesn't like the icons all over the map, like doing those, the game's gonna drive you fucking crazy because there's a lot of that shit. Yeah. But um, even throughout that though, like you'll find people on the side of the road who are either being harassed by Mongolians or by bandits, and then like you have the opportunity you you have an opportunity to do something about it. Like you can like you can trigger a standoff where like you uh, you basically like just a quick draw with your fucking sword and like like guys run at you and you just like kill them all in one slash and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I saw that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Or like you can like you do what I did and like ride at them in full speed with your horse and like fire flaming <laughs> arrows at them. Um, uh, and so can you choose to do nothing? Yeah, you can just ignore it. It doesn't. That's like, probably what I would do. Yeah, I don't like at a certain point. Like, I think because like they're procedurally generated, so they're just gonna keep happening. Uh, right. But so at a certain but like every time you do it, like you get a little bit more on your XP bar. So, uh, so there's like there's, so you want to do it. Yeah, and I, um, before you unlock everything, like on the map, like there are gonna be times where. You save somebody, and they're like, "Hey, I heard about this thing over there. You might want to check it out." Yeah. Uh, so there's gonna be there's gonna be a first there's gonna be a fair number of, uh, a fair amount of that, but yeah, it's just it's a fantastic game, and I, I feel like I feel like you know I I don't I as far as listening to people talk about the game, I'm the only. Uh, we're like me and like because I feel like Kaylee really liked it too. I think like. The two of us are like the only ones who are like have like been really enthusiastic about that game, like even yeah. after finishing it. So, um, yeah, I really, I really, I really enjoyed that game, and and I, I think that uh, there are themes in that game. And again, I think that you're right that a big part of that game to me is like the inspiration that it draws and the themes that it focuses on. Um, but it does those things so well, uh, especially for someone who appreciates that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, if you really have like a cultured palate for true samurai sem- cinema, like I do. <laughs> um, well, and not to and like not to take anything away from the game, uh, from a mechanical or gameplay standpoint, but like I've said it before on the show, like there's really nothing wrong with style over substance. Sure. You know, there are games that I think are fantastic just because of their visuals. You yeah. know. Um, but I'm not, and I'm not saying that's the case here, Sure. but for, for that, you know, for the aesthetic of the game to be what is really doing it for you, like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, uh, this is, this, this ended up in my fucking honorable mentions last night, but I really, really want to, I really want to give a shout out to Final Fantasy 15. Uh, I love that game a lot. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, that, like, of all the games, of all the Final Fantasy games that I've played, that had the world that I most enjoyed engaging with, the world that I most enjoyed traveling around in. Um, yeah. The idea, like, just the, the road trip with your boys, and, like, you get into these, like, adventures with them, and, like, it's just, it's just cool. And, like, like driving around in that car, and, like, you stop off on the side of the road, maybe you make camp, and, like, just, like, tell stories or whatever. It's just... 
it's a cool game, and uh, <laughs> I haven't. You know, this is a, it's the only Final Fantasy game that I've beaten by myself. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I I I attribute that to two things. One, it also just ha- so happens to be the easiest Final Fantasy game I've ever played. Uh, and two, um, I care about these. I care about those characters in a way that like I never cared about. I I mean I, I'm not gonna say that I've never cared about a Final Fantasy character because that would be that would I'd be lying if I said that. But uh, I think that I was drawn more to these guys than anything because they like because they're just four best friends. Yeah, and they just watch each other's backs and. You know, even though sometimes one of them's being a little asshole, like they'd all like rally around him and like like try to like, you know, get him like back in the game. And um, but I think that the, I think that the world itself is 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 really 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 pretty, and like all the things that you can do in the world and like you know ride chocobos around the countryside or you can go fishing or stop off at a diner and play that weird pinball game that they got in some of the diners. Or like have like a oh movie. yeah that's right I forgot yeah. about that um, yeah you know I started playing it played it for maybe just a couple two or three hours yeah and it just lost me I'm not exactly sure what it was sure. you know uh, I think part of it is is the story like it's weird because there are games that I really love that have a bunch of content sure that you can only get outside of the game right. You know, <laughs> and uh, but for Final Fantasy Fifteen, it's like I feel like I need to care about the game first sure. before I go seek out that other stuff. You right, know? right, right, right. Uh, and and Square Enix in general has done a lot of that, and not just with Fifteen, with a lot of their games. You yeah. know, do they do any of that stuff uh, with but like Nier Automata? Oh yeah, I mean Nier Automata's got books and stage plays and all sorts of shit. You know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's just Yoko Taro in general. He did that shit when he was with Cavia. But, uh, you know, with 15, like, I don't want to watch King's Glaive unless I think 15 yeah. is cool, right? Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. if I already like 15, sure, I'll go watch King's Glaive. Uh, but, yeah, I, and I don't know what it was. Like, there are definitely things I really appreciated about it. But maybe I'll give it another shot. I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's one that game. Like the game is, like, I have one rule gripe with that game though, and and like I don't know, I don't know why this shit bothers me so much when games do this, but so number one, if I if I have an open world game, like I like the idea of being able to play it after I finish the story. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, it it does this thing where after you do the last fight in the game, mm-hmm. then you can keep playing. But you're going back in time to before that stuff happened. Yeah. And I don't know why, but that bothers me so much. It just bothers really? me. Really? Yeah. And I and like from a story standpoint. So Automata is the same way. Like, yeah. You can go back and do stuff, but it's through chapter select. You know? Yeah. So like there's a – it makes sense that they would do it that way because the world is in a very like messed up state by the end of 15. That right. It, like you're not really going to want to like run around in that world so much. <laughs> right, but like, I don't know. I just wish that they had gone a different way with the story, so it would so it would make sense for me to be able to do that after I finish the main story. Um, but I don't know. Like, I I love those characters. I I think at first I wasn't I wasn't like 
I wasn't really too keen on Noctis because like I was like, well, he's just like he's just a he's a little whiny rich boy and he's always in a bad mood. But then I'm you know then I got I had like learned to give him some slack. I was like, oh yeah, well his father just got murdered, so he's probably gonna be in a bad mood for a little bit. But yeah. but you know I liked I like I like all of them. I like Prompto. I like Gladiolus. I like Ignis. I like all those guys for like all these different reasons. And, See, and I thought the acting was fine. Yeah. I like the character models. Like, a bunch of people are like, oh, it's a boy band. Like, I don't care. I think they look awesome. Yeah, they look you cool. Uh, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't give it long enough, you know? Yeah. But. Um, yeah, I, I've been meaning to go back to that game because I, I feel like I, I have such an attachment to it that I want to be able, I want to go through, like, all of the, like, those little because they released all those like episode Ignis, episode Gladiolus. Oh episode right, right, yeah. So the only one I did was episode Prompto because Prompto is my favorite, and but uh, they I still need to I still want to do Ignis and Gladiolus as well, and they even had this uh, I think right before I want to say right before Assassin's Creed Origins came out they did a little crossover event, yeah, uh, in Final Fantasy fifteen which was like it was kind of cool they had like. The, the assassins festival and like they all got to pretend to be assassins and stuff um which is weird because they had a crossover in assassin's creed origins where you can get noctis's sword and yeah. it's got like a bunch of like it, well, it looks like it's got like a bunch of like modern machinery and shit on it so it just like kind of looks weird but uh yeah, all those boys are in soul caliber oh well yeah well three of them are in the background cheering him on but yeah uh but um yeah, I just I like that I enjoy that game a lot and and I I want to Wait, not this, Soul Calibur, Tekken, Tekken. Tekken, yeah, Tekken. Yeah. Uh he, uh they called Noctis the 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 Akuma killer. I don't know if that's true or not, but um I I don't know. But uh <laughs> I mean, I I've I fought some Akumas and they weren't that tough, but uh you know, it's it's one of those one of those games in the series where, like, I felt like I can really get lost in it. Um, yeah. Because, like, I think that all of the... Every Final Fantasy game that I've played had some side stuff in it. Like, Final Fantasy VIII had the card game. And Final Fantasy VII had, like, the Chocobo racing and stuff. But, um... 15 just felt like a world that I wanted to live in. Yeah. Like, it felt like a world that I just, like, I just wanted to go to and just be there. Um, well, like, even though it's not... It sort of is very Americana, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know where the fuck that game's supposed to take place. If it's even Earth at all, I, I don't fucking know. Yeah. But, like, yeah, like, it definitely has that feel to it, you know? But at least early on. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think the last one I wanted to actually bring up, which is, like, one that we brought up earlier, was um, was was Mad Max. Um you know, I played I played that game very soon after we saw uh, Fury Road. Yeah, and um, and it was funny to watch how much of that how much of that movie made it into that game. Uh, yeah, uh, but I think for obvious reasons, though, sure. you know, I like, mean, because they they said before. Uh, Fury Road came out that it had no attachment to Fury Road. Yeah. And then there's things that, like, very obviously are from Fury Road. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, like, the... I, I honestly think that, like, the overall, like... 
like the overall kind of vibe of that of that game is very Fury Road. But, yeah. Um. But I enjoyed it. You know, I I like as somebody who who just like. I find the world of Mad Max just, like, very interesting. It's, like, one of the more interesting post-apocalypse stories or post-apocalypse worlds that I've, like, been exposed to because it's, like, it's just, it's, like, you know just enough about what went wrong for it to be compelling, but there's enough mystery surrounding it to, like, keep you, like, looking for more things to, like, kind of explain what happened. Yeah. Um... And, like, I just, I, you know, like, finding, like, different, like, postcards, like, mementos that people left behind and, like, seeing, like, plans that people made that never came to fruition because the world fucking ended and uh, just driving that car. And we talk about how, like, so much of that world just looks the same, which it should. Yeah, but it, But it still looks the same. And, uh, but, I don't know, like... I mean, the environment I do like, like, you know, it's believable. And, like, the the way that the weather works is pretty cool, I think, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I've had fun with it. I just, again, a lot of these open world games that are in that style, I play for a few hours and I just get, yeah. I just get, I'm quickly yeah. over the... You know. The way that the games work and are structured, you know. I think that I think that people do that because like that's a that's a very safe way to make your open world game. Right. Uh, well, yeah. Give it the Arkham Combat, you know. Like, I'm I'm done with the Arkham Combat. Sure. You know, like I'm over that. Uh, and I, I don't really know what else he would do with a Mad Max game. Sure. It's not like he's going to be unloading fucking clips into people. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's gun. There's guns, but like they don't have a whole lot of that, you know. Yeah. So, you know, punch, punch, punch makes sense for that, that universe. But, again, it's just not, you know, I mean, what are they going to, they, they're not going to give it platinum combat, you know, that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what else they could possibly do there, but well, unless they went, like, a Souls direction with it, which would be weird. <laughs> um, you know, there. I think that there are ways, like, and I don't ask me how, but I think that there there are ways to make open world games, uh, specifically a game with that a game based on an ex, an interesting property like Mad Max. I think there are ways to make that more interesting. And well, I think Mad Max was very interesting though, right? Because like that game would have done better if it didn't come out when it did. Sure, because it know, came out it came at the out. same time as Phantom Pain, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, it would have done better if that wasn't the case. Yeah. And it's not last gen when we're getting fucking Ratatouille the game or... Yeah. Even though it's a good game, X-Men Origins Wolverine or Iron Man or any of that. You know, this generation, uh, aside from the mobile space, gave us probably the best generation of licensed games that we've had. Sure. You know? Sure. Uh, Mad Max is a good game, you know? Yeah. It's a very good but, game. Um, you know, like they, I think that one of the things that like, I mean, that was like immediately cool to me was like as someone growing up, like watching like those, those movies, like getting to drive his car and, 
you know. I like that little buddy you got crawling around on there fixing oh, yeah. things up. Chum bucket. And, yeah. Uh, like he's stupid, but he fits. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he fit. He fits the universe. Well, like, like. And, like, and that's what I, I like. Like, I like stuff like that. Like, and like the yeah. like, like the weird like vernacular that they that they have in that in that world. Like. Oh yeah, yeah. Like. Uh, like you know, people who are good with plants are green thumbs, but people who are good with cars are black fingers. And yeah, uh, sure, sure, a sure. surgeon is and mediocre and all and that a, shit. A surgeon is an or- organic mechanic, and like yeah, like stuff like that. It's just it's it's, it's neat. It's it's like it's got a lot of it's a Mad Max is a world that has like a lot of character to it, yeah. and it's like character that's fun to engage with. And I think that. Um, I think that again, like you said, like if that game didn't come out when it did, which like man, what a what a bad what a bad decision, yeah. you know. But like, I'm not saying it would have done gangbusters. Sure, it but wouldn't it have. Would, it would have done better. Yeah, you know. Um, it is. You know, it's a. It's. But I think at the same time, though, like it was so hot off the heels of Fury Road that like when else are we going to sell a Mad Max game? Exactly. You don't want to push it too far. Yeah. So. Um, you know, but I, I think it's a good game and I think that's a game that like kind of, it flew under a lot of people's radar because, you know, uh, you know, for a few obvious reasons, like Phantom Pain being chiefly among them, but, um, it's, which is funny because they're so different, right? But I think people just see like open world desert game, you know, like, Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, I I, I enjoyed my like. Fan of Pain doesn't even really feel like an open world game, yeah. you know. But uh, also, know. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you this before I forget because I thought about this. I thought about this as I was lying in bed last night. Um, uh, is Pokemon Go an open world game? I don't know. It's got... I don't know, but. But I've never, I mean, I've never played the game, but I understand the way that, that it works. I mean, I guess, yeah. It's got the, <laughs> I mean, it's got the biggest open world of them all, so. <laughs> I, I suppose. Yeah. Name a bigger map. No Man's Sky? Sure. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> well, I guess, like, Elite Dangerous is the entirety of the Milky Way, so there yeah. you go. So that's a pretty. I'm surprised map. you didn't bring Elite Dangerous up, because like of the two, mm-hmm. having not played much of either, Elite Dangerous just seems so much more interesting to me than No Man's Sky. Well, I think that like, as much as I love Elite Dangerous, I think that like, I feel as if my comp- my relationship with that game has become more and more complicated as time goes on. Yeah. Uh, like at its well, like. Like, remember, it's like a year or two ago when they first decided they were going to put life into the game, right? Mm -hmm. And it, like, was a big thing. Yeah. It was a big thing because you don't find life in that game and suddenly there was life, right? And, like, that makes so much more sense than No Man's Sky there being life on the majority of the planets, you know? But we we don't know where that is. So, sure, you know, sure. I don't know where that is, so things are different out there, man. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think that Elite Dangerous is uh, it's probably one of the it's it's an interesting open world game. It's one of those open world games that like I really it's like so many. Open Do you even world- consider them open world games? Like 
it's so weird, right? Yeah, it's because such a weird so it's thing so it's to... a, it's a strange thing, right? Because like, well, until next year, uh, we've been able to get out of our ships in a very limited capacity. Like right. you can go on certain, you can go on certain planetary bodies and drive uh, drive this drive your car around. Right. Uh, but you can never, you've never been able to walk around, right? Right. Uh, Again, makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, like not even in space stations, which I think was, which I always found strange. Yeah. Um, and it is also strange that, like, if you look at the, um, if you look at some of these ships, like some of these ships have like really huge interiors, that like, like huge interiors, like with multiple seats in them, and right. and like it's just like. I just feel like, like what, like this could have very easily just been a cockpit, but like you, like well, there's, there's all there's this social distancing. It's space COVID. Sure. Uh, uh, but you know, I, I honestly like when it comes to defining what an open world is. I, I think that the way that I define it is any game that gives me a large area of unrestricted space to in which to navigate. Yeah. Uh, which I think that. Elite Dangerous has more of that than most of the other games that I've mentioned today. Sure. Um, but, you know, I, I just feel like for all the space that I'm able to traverse in that game, there's always been something about it that always felt really, really restricted to me. And I don't know... Well, because it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And I think that I think that my opinion that I think that my feelings about that might have changed if, at the very least, I was able to walk around in the space stations where presumably people are walking around and doing things. Yeah. Because um, I think that would have made it feel. I would think even if I couldn't walk around on planets, which is fine, like you know, but like even if I could have walked around on space stations <clears throat> and stuff, that would have made it feel more like a, a universe that I was inhabiting and actually like playing in as opposed to like i don't know it's just it's, it's hard to it's really hard to to explain but um yeah uh as much as i love that game and i still i don't get me wrong i think about that game every day even when i'm not playing i think about that game every day i have i have never uninstalled it from my playstation since i right since i installed it so i think about that game all the time it's just i think that there are aspects of it that are a bit too restrictive for me to really consider it to be true open world um but um you know maybe that'll change uh come next year because the they have an update called odyssey coming out that's actually going to allow you to get out of your ship and walk around sometimes so we'll see so we're gonna have assassin's creed odyssey mario odyssey and now elite danger it's called the holy trinity tom sure so this is uh, i have what a game that i wanted to bring up that i forgot to okay and that game is called skate free <laughs> okay because like like with a lot of the stuff uh whether that be like the way that spider-man's map is made or the way that gravity rush's map is made like i think level design in open world game is super important and it's very obvious when it's good and when it's bad yeah you know um i shouldn't even say bad it's boring sure. you know and like with skate you know like, okay, so the Tetris effect is you play so much Tetris that you start seeing Tetris pieces in real life, right? right? 
not like fucking hallucinating that you're yeah. seeing Texas pieces, but you know, in ceiling tiles or or whatever else, grid paper, right? Yeah. Whatever it might be. And there is a very similar thing uh, when you've been skateboarding for a large portion of your life that you'll be driving around and you'll see something. You'll be like, hey, it'd be cool to do something on that or that on that or whatever, right? Yeah. And, like, the fact that Skate 3 and the other skates as well, but Skate 3 specifically is, like, at least somewhat based in realism, more so than, like, the pro skater games, right? Right. Uh but they can make this map with so much bullshit for you to play on, you know, uh, everywhere, regardless of where you go. And on top of that, give you things that you could actually move around, uh, which you couldn't do before and you couldn't do in most pro skater games, if any. I don't know if they ever let you. I remember there was like one of the pro skater games where like they were like, not only can you get off your board now, but now you can create yeah. your own lines by pulling stuff and moving stuff around. Maybe. So. But, like, the fact that the level design is, like, it, it was, like, you know, it's built around that. It's built around skateboarding uh, yeah. in, a, in a somewhat realistic way. Uh, and they did a really good job of that. Like, Skater XL recently came out. And, like, I don't know if all the locations are, but at least some of those locations are digitized map of real-world locations. Right. Uh, famous, famous skate spots, right? But, like, they just took pre-existing spots. Nothing against that game. I like that game a lot. But, like... Skate 3, like, they just came up with this fucking place, you know? Yeah. And I think, like, there's something to be said for that. Like, level design, uh, especially when you have to think of specific things like that, like, what would be fun to skateboard on? Uh, is this fun to walk on from the east side or from the bottom of, you know? Like, sure. things like that are, are always very impressive to me. Yeah, right on. Uh, yeah. I never got to play any of the skate games, um... I always like I've always been curious about them because I like the idea of like an all analog uh, yeah. uh, skateboarding game sounded really cool to me. Um, and I know that like Tony Hawk has started experimenting with that with the trick stick. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, so do you ever play Tony Hawk's uh, Project Eight? Yeah, I had Project Eight. Yeah, like when they they zoom in on the skateboard mm -hmm. real close and you just like you just that was the, the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I love the Pro Skater series, but that was it was yeah. going downhill fast. Yeah, uh, then you but, know downhill uh, jam, but like exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's yeah. fun, right? It's a fun system. It makes me think of like Fight Night, in that like I really enjoyed Fight Night, but I was always really bad at it, and I think I was bad at it because I didn't understand the way that boxing actually works. Sure, you know, and I feel like a lot of those analog stick simulation sports games. It really helps if you have an understanding of whatever sport they're trying to sure. simulate. Like, you know? I, like, I feel like I've watched, like, considerably more boxing than basketball. So yeah. the, the action of, like, doing a quarter circle to do a hook made more sense to right. me. Versus, right, exactly. like, trying to figure exactly. out how to do a free throw with it. I just... Right, 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 right. Yeah. But, yeah, that's... Yeah, I never, I never really thought about any of the, any of the skateboarding games, especially like I think, uh, um, I regularly think about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Four, because yeah. uh, I'm like specifically because like while it wasn't like a true open world, like they gave you like bigger areas to skate around in, 
And right. Like, and like you got, you can get off your board and walk around like in flatland tricks and all this other shit. So, um, I don't know. No, I, but skate is like straight up open world, you yeah. know. Like, how big uh, would you say that they, map is? I, it's been too long, dude. I couldn't really say, mm-hmm. but like, you know. Plus, they give you Isaac Clark. Oh, really? So, yeah. Cool. <laughs> and, and and Jason Lee. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I'll skate as I'll skate as Isaac Clark. I love that guy. <laughs> um, right on. Well, uh, Tom, I'm glad that we actually got to do this because. Um, Me too, dude. You know, I I think that I. You know, I really enjoy being able to talk about uh, talk about these games and and you know really highlight them for you know what we like and you know in some cases you know what we don't like about about certain kinds of games and uh, uh, getting to talk about. I'm glad you brought the topic up in general. Yeah, because like whenever people bring up open world games, oh no, I just don't. I don't like open world games. I don't like, but there's tons of open world games I like. You know. Yeah. 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 So um, it was a good little little thought exercise that we got to do. Uh, For any, sure. Anyway, uh, so this is again, this is uh, just a little extra little recording that me and Tom wanted to do because uh, we like to listen to ourselves talk, and we tend to talk for a long time. So, uh, you know, this is uh, this is probably going up in this at the same time as the other episode or the, as the actual episode. So uh, that's a good uh, two and a half hours for you. Make the thumbnail of this the Wonder Twins. I can we'll do that. put our faces on their bodies. Uh, I will make them the Wonder Twins, and then we'll okay. see. We'll you know we'll see what happens with that. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, All right. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, guys. Uh, oh, uh, Tom, uh, we got a. I uh, I did get some questions. Uh, I, I, get, I did get asked earlier today uh, if we take listener emails, and I said sure we do. Just nobody emails us, so we don't do it. But uh, to be fair, it has been a very long time since we have checked that email. Yeah, I don't know if I even know the login. Oh man, what there's a bunch of a bunch of questions. There's no questions in there. I have access to it. But it would be real cool if there was. And we're like, so and so asked us three years ago, (laughs) what do you think about uh, Last of Us Two? What do you think that game's gonna be like? It's like I don't know. Well, you know what I feel bad is like we. There's a very good possibility that we have old, uh, fuck, what was that small series we were doing where people were sending us videos of games they liked? Oh, uh, uh, Procedural Generation. Yeah, there's a good chance we might have some of those in there. Well, that would be just a good opportunity to bring back Procedural Generation, I guess. Yeah. Because, uh, like, why not? YouTube is paying for the server space, you know? I mean, uh, that's where most people were sending them, you know? Sure. So I'll take a look. I have access to it on my from my phone, and I just never look at it. Yeah. Well, take a take a peek and see what see what you find. Uh, anyway, guys, I think this will. I think now is just as good a time as any to mention that we do in fact have an email address. It's safecontinuepodcast at gmail So if you have any comments or questions or things that you want us to talk about on the show, throw us an email at that address, and uh, we will definitely try to remember to read it. Uh, yeah. anyway, Discord's probably better. Honestly. Discord's probably better. Uh, as always, I will throw the link uh, in the description of this of this recording. So if you want to if you want to reach us, Discord is really good because we're we're always in there. Uh, anyway, my name is Ryan Robinson. That's Tom Shelby. Uh, Bye guys. We will see you next time.